We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Championing the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. I want to remind you to stay informed with up-to-the-minute news while working from home, homeschooling the kids. Just download the Odyssey app or tell Alexa or Google Home to play KNSS Radio. And if you ever miss an episode, you can always visit knssradio.com. You'll find links to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And, of course, make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. Republican Kansas Attorney General candidate Chris Kobach announced earlier this month that he has filed a lawsuit against the Biden administration over its controversial vaccine mandate for businesses with over 100 employees. In his announcement, Secretary, former Secretary of State Kobach said, quote, we need a halt to Biden's mandate unless the issues are fully litigated and resolved. Anything less will deny liberties to Americans and will impose vulnerable costs on American businesses. I, by the way, cannot say how much I agree with that statement. Joining us now to discuss the status of his suit is our former Secretary of State, Chris Kobach. Chris, thank you for joining us this evening. It's nice to have you back on the show again, my friend. Great to be with you, John. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we're with the family. Uh, you and I and those kids spent lots of hours on that Kobach Hartman bus during the governor's yes, campaign. I hope the kids are all good. You had good turkey and everything for Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Still, still working on digesting it. I think, but uh, <laughs> it was great. Well, please give them my regards. Tell them I, I, I think yeah, I, will. I love your your daughters and your wife. Uh, you know, as you know, my mother cared. Loved your wife, so please give yeah, them my we were, regards. We were just talking about your mom uh, tonight, actually. Aww, so great woman. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So let I me don't ask. Know what happened to her son, though? But anyway, <laughs> I got the... well, you know, <laughs> hey, she 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 brought raised a good solid conservative, so she didn't do that. She bad. did. She did it. Yeah, she at least did that. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you, Chris. You filed this lawsuit in your role as chief counsel for the Alliance for Free Citizens. You said in a, in the press release that you'd petitioned the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals on behalf of two North Dakota companies that believe the mandate is unconstitutional. Uh, again, I, I agree completely with that. Can you explain 
how the mandate's unconstitutional? Because a lot of people say it is. I'm curious what you see is unconstitutional about it. Sure. Yeah, there's actually three reasons it's unconstitutional. But one is that OSHA is an arm of the federal government, and OSHA was created by Congress. And so, and OSHA was created in the only way Congress can do what OSHA does, which is, of course, regulate the, occup- the, the workplace for safety and hazards, is to uh, operate through the interstate commerce power. In other words, it has to be, it has to be regulating interstate commerce. And the Supreme Court in the uh, NFIB versus Sebelius case, that was the, the Obamacare case, said you can't – the federal government can't regulate people when they're not doing anything and try to force them to do it. I mean, that's it, almost a, a direct quote from the opinion uh, by Chief Justice Roberts, and it was actually the really good part of the opinion. And that's exactly the problem that OSHA has because they're trying to regulate people who are not taking the vaccine and trying to get them to make a, con- a commercial transaction, which is namely – uh, a, a subsidized purchase of the vaccine. And that's the ultimate problem. That precedent is a huge roadblock <clears throat> for OSHA. And so that's why it's unconstitutional. There are two other reasons it's unconstitutional, and that is the um, the free exercise clause of individuals who uh, do not want to take the vaccine. You might say, well, wait, Chris, uh, those individuals, according to this OSHA rule, uh, the employer may choose to allow them to test every week and to wear a mask every moment they're in the workplace. The problem with that is that the individual has to pay for the tests. Right. And many people may not know this. If, if they've had a test, you know, if their insurance covered it, they didn't pay it. But if you if it's not for a medical necessity, the in, the insurance companies won't cover it. And the average COVID test is 148 bucks or the median test, I should say. And the cheapest COVID test is 20 bucks. So even at the cheap end, if you're doing a test every week, that's $1,040 a year. If you're doing it at the median price, that's $7,600 a year. And you're basically being taxed. You're being forced to pay a fee in order to exercise your First Amendment religious freedom. So we feel we have a really strong argument there that they, they can't just brush aside people with valid religious liberty claims and say, yeah, don't worry, you just you pay 7000 bucks and you'll be fine. And then the last claim is that it violates our liberty interests. Uh, Supreme Court has held in many cases that you have a right to refuse unwanted medical treatment based on your liberty in the 14th and 5th Amendment. And that's exactly what this is. Well, uh, it's an unwanted medical treatment. Isn't there also something about the fact that he set that standard at 100 businesses? So I, I, this is, must be a genius bug because it only it's only effective when you're walking in the restaurant from the you know, not not at the table, but only when you're walking right, to the table. Right. And, you know, there's all these little criteria where covid the vet, the bug gets you. But I think there has to be something to be said about the fact that they're exempting businesses with fewer than 100 employees. That well, that, that in and of itself yes. seems like it's picking winners and losers. Yes. And in fact, we make that argument as well. In addition to violating the Constitution in at least three ways. The OSHA statute from back in 1970, when Congress created OSHA and Nixon signed the bill, that statute says OSHA can only issue an emergency rule like this when it is necessary and there is a grave emergency. And we and there are other cases, there are multiple cases challenging OSHA, have been arguing there's no necessary, there's, there's no reason why 100 is a magical number. Why is it more justifiable with right. 100 versus 95? If it's that and, grave, it should be every business. Right. And of course, it's not that great. And that's the other point we make <laughs> is that uh, when OSHA does this, by the way, there's only been nine emergency rules OSHA has ever attempted to implement in the in the 50 year history of the agency, more than 50 years. And six of the nine have been struck down. So they have a pretty high hurdle to, to raise to meet. 
And the it's not necessary. It's not an emergency because they waited two years into the crisis. They, you know, the COVID crisis began when, you know, December, January. Right. Of 19 uh, of 1920, uh, not, you know, 20, 2019 and 2020. And so here we are two years later and OSHA says, oh, emergency, emergency. We have to use our emergency powers. Hardly. Right. Uh, the vaccines have been available for a, a year and it's it, it, it's now way beyond the emergency stage. And so we make that argument as well. We're, we're very confident that at the end of the day, uh, we'll win this case. There have been several suits combined. So in addition to my suit representing the private businesses, you have a couple of attorneys general uh, from uh, Missouri, Texas, uh, who are filing lawsuits, also one from Florida. And you have a number of other private businesses. And there was a lottery, which many people may not know. Um, when you have a situation like this where multiple circuits have multiple cases all dealing with the same regulation, the federal statute that applies here says that there will be a lottery to pick one circuit where all the cases will be consolidated. And that happened a week and a half ago, and it was all consolidated in the Sixth Circuit, which is based in Ohio. And uh, that's a good thing because the judges of the Sixth Circuit are pretty good, um, pretty um, originalist in their look at the Constitution, not activist judges. So I think we're going to do well. You know, and yet everything you've said makes sense. It's logical. And yet... The White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, is still telling businesses to ignore the lawsuits, ignore the fact that OSHA has actually issued a stay on the mandate because of the judge's order. She's, right. te- she's telling businesses to go ahead and enforce the mandate anyway. It's just it seems that it's so counterintuitive what they're trying to do. It's it's just I, and again, we want people we don't want people to get sick. We don't want people to get covid but at the same time, you have to balance that with people's right to make their own personal medical decisions. Yeah, and, and the employer's right to you know look at his own business and say, okay, this is how I think in our business we can best deal with COVID, maybe by separating employees. Employers all across this country have made those decisions, have decided, hey, here's how we can make our workplace a little safer or, or deal with the issue. For the federal government to come in and say, we have declared that the only solution is vaccinating the entire workforce or making you know, people test every week. That's ridiculous. You yeah. know, Americans, we, we, we respect the private rights of the individual and respect the private business's uh, rational ability to make decisions for itself. We're talking with former Secretary of State Chris Kobach. Uh, I know before the uh, special session, you testified before the, the Kansas the Legislative Special Committee that was drafting the bill that was basically the initial product that they ended up kind of tweaking a little bit before they passed it. But during your testimony, you urged lawmakers to pass legislation barring employers from following the federal requirements, as well as measures preventing businesses from unilaterally imposing vaccine mandates themselves. Ultimately, the legislature didn't go in with either of those things. Do you think they didn't go far enough? Were you happy with their final product? Yeah, I, I kind of, uh, in my testimony, I laid out what the ideal solution would be, which would be to simply say no employers can enforce vaccine mandates in Kansas. And then I said, well, if you're not going to do that, then you should at least uh, grant an exemption to anybody who seeks a religious free exercise uh, reason for rejecting the vaccine. And they did do that. And I also said that employers should be liable uh, if they force their employees. Uh, they chose not to do that. Uh, but I said, they're, you know, they're graduated steps. They took one of the steps I recommended. Um, I do think they should go further. I mean, the, the legislation that was passed 
uh, it, this past week was great. I mean, it's a, it's a huge relief. Employers, employees all across Kansas can can say they should know. And I assume you've already talked. Well, you may not have talked about it yet, but on the show, but um, they should know that the law says that you can assert a religious religious based exemption based on your free exercise of religion or based on your conscientious objection. Right. It doesn't yes. have to be based on religion and your employer cannot question it. Yeah, it that's the exempted. that's the FJB. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah. without without going into any details, that's the yeah, Joe Biden yeah. doesn't have the authority to tell me to get a shot excuse. Yeah, that's let's go Brandon. You know Yeah, that's and, the let's then, go Brandon excuse. <laughs> <laughs> well and then the other one, the other good thing in the bill is in the law now is that uh, if you have a medical reason that you don't think it would be good for you and your your doctor agrees or even a nurse practitioner agrees, all you need is a note from a doctor or some other medical uh, person who, who can you know vouch for you saying that you should not get the vaccine. So there are two very wide exemptions that every Kansan should feel able to take you make use of right now. Hopefully, uh, when the legislature gets into its normal session in January, they'll consider going further. But at least at this stage, they wanted to do something that the governor would sign and that would get uh, a strong majority in both houses. So they got that far. I think it's a, a good, you know, good start, and uh, it'll give some bad, badly needed relief to Kansans. Chris, I, I know we've got to let you go, but I, I do have to take a moment to congratulate you. I saw you recently received the endorsement from. Sec- Senator Ted Cruz in your uh, campaign for attorney general. Uh, that's a that's a huge one. I mean, he won Kansas for Republicans in our he took our uh, our, our uh, well, what's a caucus, I guess, is what I was looking for. Yes. But but how's the campaign going so far? It's going really well. And I was really honored to uh, have Senator Cruz's endorsement. I mean, especially because he used to be solicitor general of Texas, which is basically the person right below the attorney general who argues the cases. And that's the reason he endorsed me. You know, he said that we need an attorney general who will be taking the fight to the Biden administration. And while there are a handful of attorney generals who are doing that, most of them are not. And so, he, you know, I have experience in this, and he recognized it, and that was really kind of him to give me the endorsement. The campaign's going well. We we had a poll, or a, a poll was done, I should say, um, about two two or three months ago, and it had me up in the primary by about 30 percentage points. So really, really pleased with that. Um, you know, I, it, things are going well. Well, if folks are interested, if they want to get more information or donate or volunteer, it's chriskobach.com. That's with K's on both the K, the Chris and the, and the Kobach. Best yeah. of luck to you. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and Heather and the kids. And uh, I wish you all the best, my friend. Uh, right back at you. And thanks for having me. We'll be taking your calls at 845. But coming up after the break, Congressman Ron Estes will join us to discuss President Biden's Build Back Broke legislation. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this. Menards Black Friday Sale. Hurry in for best selection. Price is good through December 5th. Relax in style with a heat and massage rocker recliner. Only $249.99. Stay warm this winter with a 54-inch electric fireplace. It can also fit up to a 65-inch TV. On sale for $219.99 after rebate. Check out these and more amazing Black Friday deals at Menards. Available in store only while supplies last. Save big money at Menards. 
I'm attorney Tyler Patterson. A car wreck never happens at a convenient time. If you're hurt in a wreck over the weekend, don't wait for Monday to get the help you need now. Seek medical help right away and then call us. I'm attorney Gary Patterson. At Patterson Legal Group, we're your 24-7 injury attorneys. We are available anytime to get you the help you need, so don't wait for Monday. Call Patterson Legal Group right away, and we'll get working on your case immediately. It's the holiday season, and Taco Bell is giving away free Christmas cash. Do you want to win? Listen daily for the Taco Bell weekly location and join us for your chance to win. One lucky drive through vehicle chosen randomly will win $98 in Christmas cash. Are you the lucky one? Drive through and see if you win. Just Taco Bell's way of saying thank you and happy holidays. No purchase necessary. See store for details. Odyssey is looking for an experienced digital and radio account executive to join our team. Odyssey seeks an experienced, self-motivated sales professional to develop and sell advertising and marketing campaigns to new and existing clients with an emphasis on new business development and digital sales. The account executive will use a wide variety of Odyssey's products in their portfolio to solicit businesses for advertising in their on-air, non-traditional, and digital platforms. If you are interested in a career in radio, submit your resume to odysseyinc.com careers. We are an equal opportunity and affirmative action employer. Some Christmas gifts that come in big boxes aren't big, really. I mean to her, to the woman you have such big love for. Hi, I'm Daniel, owner of Pal Jewelry. For example, a super deluxe blender thing comes in a big box, or a collection of books by her favorite author, or or a new lamp to go on her nightstand. Big boxes, but to her, it doesn't feel so big. Not as big as your love for her, because you have big love for her. And then there are gifts in very little boxes, like gifts that come in a beautiful little box from pal jewelry and this little box has this little shiny sparkly gift inside and even though it comes in a little box it's about the biggest love you could show her so big it's as big as your love for her this christmas love her with a gift in a box about as little as they come from pal jewelry in new market square it's a little box filled with big love for the woman you adore come see us today pal jewelry in new market square we're the little box store Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back. John Whitmer Show on 987 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Don't forget, if you ever miss an episode, you can always visit knssradio.com to find a link to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. That's the best way to stay informed on all the latest show updates. To no one's surprise, the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office announced just before its passage that the Build Back Broke Act would add $367 billion to the national debt over 10 years. Nevertheless, Democrats passed the bill anyway. After all, socialism, you know, has to happen. They've just got to push their agenda. Joining us now to share some light on the process is our very own 4th District Congressman Ron Estes, 
Congressman, thank you for joining us this evening. It's nice to have you back on the show again, my friend. Yeah, well, it's great, John. I appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time here, uh, your Thanksgiving weekend. It's very nice of you to, to kind of step away from the, the turkey. I hope you're you're sitting there uh, celebrating your, your, on, a, on a trip to fan high, shall we say. Yeah, it's it's great to have a few days where I, I didn't have any official events, so we're able to able to do this and and enjoy turkey and mashed potatoes. So, Ron, let me ask you about this. Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, they said all along that the bill was 100% paid for. I know this is Democrat math. The CBO now says it adds billions to the national debt. Clearly, they were lying, or they're just idiots, one way or the other. But it does, the math doesn't add up. No, it certainly doesn't, and, and Joe Biden should have known better. I mean, all, all it takes is uh, recognizing that, you know, if you're trying to pass a $3.5 trillion bill, it doesn't cost $0. And, you know, I'm I'm kind of disappointed in, in some of uh, my fellow colleagues uh, from the Democrat side of the aisle who – who made this uh, initial show that uh, they were really concerned about the deficit and, and really didn't want to, uh, uh, to to vote for the bill if it if it increased the deficit, and yet at the end of the day when they saw the facts, they basically they just uh, they talk the talk, but they don't don't walk the walk when it comes time to vote. Well, yeah, only one of them actually voted against it, and yeah, hopefully, uh, selfishly, that may work to our advantage as Republicans that we may win a few more seats. Here coming up next year, but in the meantime, I mean, if you look at this bill, sunset provisions included in the quote "Build Back Better" act prevent some of the programs from being counted through the full ten-year analysis. But if you look at those provisions, and if they actually become permanent, and much—I don't know if it's at the federal level the way it was here in Kansas—but I think you and I both know the minute you give an entitlement, nobody ever takes them away. If if those things actually become permanent, the package would add up to something like two and a half trillion dollars in in addition to the national debt, right? Yeah, it really was. I mean, they 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 used very very uh, fuzzy math and and actually some gimmick. Uh, that uh, they they did with the budgets and and basically so they they said uh, the programs they would create uh, they instead of counting and running for five years or running for ten years they said oh we'll, we'll sunset those in in one year or two year and that allows them to uh, on paper say they only cost so much but we all know and even even going back to Ronald Reagan I mean he's the one that uh, actually promoted it and and you know he said no government ever voluntarily reduces itself in size. You know, government programs once launched never disappear. Right. And actually, a, actually, a government pro- bureau is the nearest thing to eternal life that we ever see on Earth. Yeah, it's sad. And another lie in this bill was they, they kept saying that people with under $400,000 aren't going to see their taxes increase. But there's a whole bunch of new taxes in the bill, like cigarette taxes, minimum corporate taxes. And we all know if you tax businesses, they're just going to turn around and pass that on to their consumers. So. The whole thing's chock full of tax increases too. Yeah, and and you know, taxing nat- raising taxes on natural gas. I mean, that's yeah. going to start hammering people home this winter. Uh, you know, it's going to be bad enough already with with all the horrible uh, policies that Biden's put in place to, uh, uh, to to raise the price of gas and 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 uh, uh, gasoline at the pump, as well as as our heating oil. 
and it, it's it's a mess in terms of what uh, what they're doing through the administration. And uh, you know, if this if this bill ever became law, uh, which uh, thankfully it's it's uh, got to head to the Senate and, and before it uh, could become law. And uh, you know what they're saying over there is at least. Uh, Joe Manchin and, and Kirsten Cinema are uh, saying they're not going to vote for it the way it's written. But you know, it, it raises taxes on so many people. It, it uh, and, and then it gives money away to millionaires. I mean, basically, they increase the state and local deduction for millionaires uh, to, to uh, get up to eighty thousand dollars each. I mean, they they've got electric vehicle subsidies for people making up to five hundred thousand dollars a piece. So it's it's shock full of uh, payoffs for uh, their rich voters, and in the meantime, the working class is really going to get the, the short end of the stick. Yeah, it, it really is kind of funny. I'm glad you mentioned what happens next. It goes over to the Senate. Hopefully it dies there. I mean, do you think, obviously, if it does come back, it won't be the same bill that you just passed. What do you think will happen next? Yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping that it never sees the light of day coming out of the Senate. I mean, that's what I'd like to see happen. Uh, my my fear is that uh, at some point in time there is a, a line in the sand that uh, that uh, Joe Manchin and, and Kirsten Sinema will will cross over and and they will vote for something and and then it comes back to the House and you know as we've seen the the House members the Democrats that say they're concerned about fiscal responsibility. All they are is just talking about it. I mean, when it comes time to vote, they're they're not uh, they're not voting, and and we know the media is not going to report it. Uh, in fact, part of the reason is that they they're getting a tax break. So news media outlets that have less than fifteen hundred people are going to get a tax break out of that, in spite of all the stories and fake news and and liberal bias that they have. Uh, so of course they're not saying anything bad about this bill. Well, hopefully, uh, you know, when it does come back. Some of the quote-unquote moderate Democrats will find their spines again. We're talking with 4th District Congressman Ron Estes. You mentioned a minute ago inflation. Just this week, a new report found the price of fuel oil is up 59%. Gasoline is up 50%. At-home delivered natural gas is up 28%. It just seems like the perfect time for your colleagues to pass a $2 trillion Green New Deal. I mean, it's just... It's so, yeah. It seems so counterintuitive, Ron. <laughs> it is. It is so bad. And and you know the the whole definition of inflation is there's too much money chasing the same amount of goods, and and so you end up uh, bidding it up. Basically, is what happens. And so when the government spends all this money and throws it out there into the economy, uh, it, it's it's going to raise prices. Or when you have bad government policies, which which the Biden administration is forcing on all of us, uh, it, it's it's a horrible thing. And I'm a big a big opponent of inflation because it hurts the the working class people. It hurts the the, the lower and middle income folks that are that are getting a paycheck because they they can never catch up. They can never keep up with uh, with those rising prices. And the bad part about inflation is it's it's not just a one time thing. But it builds upon itself. So if if one month inflation prices go up five percent year over year, and the next month they go up six percent, well, it's on top of the previous five percent. So it, it just adds up over and over again, and 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 causes such pain and suffering for uh, you know the working class. I uh, I know you've probably got pumpkin pie with whipped cream on your mind, but I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about something that White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said 
recently, she said private businesses with 100 employees should go ahead and move forward with implementing uh, Biden's vaccine mandate, despite the fact that OSHA you know, has suspended enforcement of the order due to a court order. Uh, you know, is this White House completely tone deaf, Ron? I and mean, they've got multiple lawsuits. You've got likely challenges from state levels, from state governments. Our Kansas, you know, legislature just passed ours. Multiple lawsuits, and yet the White House is saying, ah, just ignore the law and go ahead and do it anyway. Obey us anyway. Yeah, it's it's not not only are they tone deaf that you know the American people are saying they're wrong, uh, but over and over again the courts are saying that they're unconstitutional in in what they're they're trying to bring forth, and it's just a government that's trying to be uh, over overwhelmingly controllable and dictatorial on everything and every front, and uh, they don't they don't care about what's right, they don't care about the the law, they don't care about the rules, they just want to do it their way. And it's really unfortunate, you know, even, even you know, this week they said that, well, they're going to go court shopping now because, you know, one, one federal court said uh, they had to stay their execute or stay their uh, implementation of their mandate. And, and so they're going to go see if they can find another court that uh, allows them to go ahead and go forward with that. So it's really unfortunate that the executive branch uh, has become so, so tyrannical in its process. And, you know, that's really why our government was set up. As uh, uh, you know, uh, three three legs of the uh, three branches of government because they knew our founding fathers knew that their example from either monarchies or seeing dictators out there that uh, uh, that power would go to the the executive branch's head, and so you need to you need to have uh, some some checks and balances in that. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I still find it ironic that the same folks who insist you have a right to choose to kill your unborn baby now claim you don't have a right to choose when it comes to a vaccine. And, and again, I know you've been very outspoken about folks who want to get a vaccine should get a vaccine, but it, it just, it's so ironic that they're forcing this issue at the same time they're adamantly defending, you know, taxpayer-funded abortions. It just, the, the hypocrisy is, is glaring. Um, the, the House has been busy lately with the two major bills. Thank you, by the way, for voting no on both. Um, I'm sure they're planning to do more damage before the end of uh, before they have to start working worrying about reelection. What's next on the agenda? I mean, they, they've done a lot of damage. Do we have to worry more, or are they going to finally maybe calm down, name a few post offices or something? Yeah, the, as you said, it's it's sad that they put so much emphasis on this this program of bills that they wanted to pass to, to actually spend more money. In the in the meantime, they haven't been focusing on what they needed to do. You know, the, on on December the third, the government's at risk of shutting down again. Uh, we'll have another Schumer shutdown if they can't come back and get um, get appropriations done for the year. Uh, right. Our funding expires on December third. They'll get mad at you guys if you won't vote for that, right? Even though it's chock full of new spending. Well, yeah, and that's that's the the big hype that they're putting out there is that the you know Republicans are keeping the Democrats from uh, uh, funding the government and 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 raising the debt ceiling. When in reality, the Democrats keep spending so much more money that the the debt just keeps going up and up. And you know, both the debt ceiling and and the uh, appropriations uh, expires this month or expires in December. And uh, they really haven't been focused on that because they've been uh, focusing on what are the power grabs they can do. 
Well, I, I appreciate, again, you taking time on your holiday weekend to come and join us. Uh, if folks are interested, I get your Ron's reads, your email. Um, but if folks are interested, what's the best way for them to, you know, sign up for the email, for them to stay in touch with you, Congressman? Yeah, the best thing to do is go, go to our website, estes.house.gov. And they can actually sign up for for our email uh, newsletter. Um, you know, we we'd like to figure out uh, ways that we can get the truth out there because uh, you know that you're not going to get it uh, through through the mainstream media and you know so many things that are out there that are uh, fake news that's on on social media as well. Uh, so if you go to estes.house.gov, you can sign up for our newsletter. I promise we won't uh, we won't sell your email address and, and obviously it's, it's an official one so it's not like it's a political campaign it's either it's got to come from our our government account. No, I like I said I get the Ron's reads they're great they get links to great articles and it's always informative. Congressman, I, I appreciate you again for joining us and I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us. Carry on the fight, my friend. All right, great. Thank you, John. We're going to pay a few bills, and when we return, we'll talk with Kansas Chamber President Alan Cobb about why their members were concerned about the special session and whether or not they eventually supported the final bills the legislature passed late Monday night. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Sunshine. Iowa. Seasonal temperatures. Missouri. Nebraska. We used to drive more than three hours for Joshua's doctor visits. Oklahoma. And we'd play the license plate game on the way. Kansas. Now we see leading pediatric specialists at Children's Mercy Wichita. Kansas. And we see a lot less of the highway. Kansas. Another Kansas. Another Kansas. Find nationally ranked pediatrics and specialty clinics today at childrensmercy.org slash Wichita. This Black Friday at Rusty Eck Ford, we have savings on every new and pre-owned vehicle on the lot. Plus, we have $500 Visa gift cards with every purchase, just in time for the holidays. No need to wait in line. This is not for just one lucky customer. There is not a limited supply. Buy a car. Get a $500 gift card. Buy a truck. Get a $500 gift card. Buy an SUV. Get a $500 gift card. Yes. A $500 gift card with every newer pre-owned purchase. Great deals for everyone. And $500 gift cards with every newer pre-owned purchase. Just in time for the holidays. It's Black Friday at Rusty Act Ford. If you don't come see us today, we can't save you any money. RustyActFord.com. Offers valid on select and stock vehicles with approved credit plus tax and fees. Now don't qualify all Ford rebates to either. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Advertising special offers expire months end. Odyssey is the new audio app where you can listen to KNSS and other great audio. Download it now. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Weather brought to you by Native Lights Casino. High pressure will be parking over the central plains for most of the upcoming weeks. Our weather pattern looks fair, clear for the overnight hours. We'll be in the upper 30s, warming to the low 70s tomorrow. Sunshine and a little bit breezy in the afternoon. Clear Monday night, mid-60s and sunny Tuesday. This is KNSS, meteorologist Steve Hamilton. Live Sunday nights. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring, ting, tingling too. Come on. I gotta say, this is the first time we've had the Carpenters as intro music day. I mean, I know we're doing Christmas music, but the Carpenters. John, this is one of my all-time favorite Christmas albums. Yeah, I love Bing Crosby singing White Christmas, yeah. but I wouldn't have picked it for... Oh, come on. We don't want to put people to sleep, Dave. It come picks on. up here. It starts slow. Oh. Give Karen a chance, John. Oh, my gosh. Uh, welcome back to the John Whitford Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. You can always listen to... Wake up! <laughs> you can always listen to us... By downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS Radio. If you ever miss an episode, you can always visit KNSSRadio.com. You'll find links to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And, of course, make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page. And follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. I promise no more Carpenter's songs. So prior to... This week's special session, the Kansas Chamber issued a statement opposing the COVID-19 legislation, placing it at rare odds with Republican lawmakers. During floor debate in the House, Democrats predictably seized the opportunity to hypocritically chastise Republicans for being anti-business. This is coming from the Democrats, who are notoriously anti-business. Joining us now to discuss why their organization and its members opposed the legislation is Kansas Chamber President Alan Cobb. Alan, thank you for joining us this evening. It's nice to have you on the show again, my friend. Happy to be here. Uh, Karen Carpenter is one of the best (laughs) pop voices of all time. Oh, my gosh. All right, so you and Dave are now going to gang up on me for picking on Karen Carpenter. Yes, you are. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. All Alan. right, all right. Well, well deserved. Well deserved. Uh, what what an awesome voice she she had, and what a tragedy. But anyway, well, that's, that's what we're here to talk about. No, that is true. We could do a whole segment on the Carpenters, but all right, all right. I stand corrected, Dave. I I stand, I, I I defer to the my PD on this one. I I prefer defer. <laughs> So, Alan, uh, let me let me start with this. The, the chamber opposed initially the bills in part, saying uh, that they could lead to quote unintended consequences for businesses. Uh, I know you were opposed to many of the original ideas that were thrown about, most of which got I think 
were left out of the the final legislation. What did you think of the final compromise bill that was eventually passed? Well, it's the least bad, but it's still not good. <laughs> I mean, it, it creates a mechanism to find businesses, and I don't think we need more mechanisms to find businesses for doing what they're what they should be doing, which is managing their their workforce. And uh, I, I, you know, at least it, 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 we got rid of a, a trial lawyer's dream into a trial lawyer's, uh, they're going to be taking a hard look at it. So it's not good. And uh, it is interesting political dynamics where making it more difficult for employers of all sizes, not just the big ones. Right. I heard got many comments, email and, and phone calls from small businesses, basically what in the heck are the Republicans doing and making it harder for me to hire and to fire and everything else. So it's a um, pretty uh, interesting dynamics happening out there and it's unfortunate and we'll move forward. Uh, I, you know, there, there were, I will give uh, Senate leadership some credit for holding off some of the even crazier amendments and, uh, but they're going to be back in January, and so we're going to have to fight those then. Yeah, I've heard and... that some of those are going to come back as bills uh, next session. And, yeah, they're the ones that are for full out, you know, eliminating uh, or banning mandates or, ban- or me, banning vaccines uh, altogether, the mandates, that kind of stuff. There's all kinds of that kind of stuff that I think will come back in January. It's interesting. One of the themes I kept hearing is that businesses don't want mandates from either side. You know, they don't want mandates from the government to you must vaccinate employees, but at the same time, they also don't want the, the state of Kansas telling them you can't vaccinate employees. So it, it is interesting. It's not necessarily that they want to impose a mandate, but what they don't want is government intervention of telling them that they can't. It's Is that basically what your members were telling you? Sure. Yeah, correct. We did a survey of our members. Now, it's a couple of weeks ago, so time is fluid, but I, I guess I would guess that things haven't changed. And only 3% of the respondents were mandating vaccines, 3%. So are you trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist? And let me quote uh, Governor Chris Sununu from New Hampshire, who said, you can't say the Biden administration is instituting a mandate here and we have to stop it, but then the state, the state government should enforce a mandate over here. And I think that's that's our point of view. And I think we're being very principled and very consistent, where I would argue some of the folks who uh, or maybe many of the folks who support it are not being consistent with with some of their principles. But, uh, you know, we don't always agree with everybody. And that's the way it goes. But we're not changing our minds. No. And and And, it's not like you guys can't disagree and come back and, you know, work together and agree on the next piece of legislation. So it's not it's not a terminal situation. Um, Al, let me do this. I want to propose one scenario for you because I think this is a situation that may very well come up. Let's say you're a federal contractor building, uh, I don't know, widgets here in Wichita, and the federal government has a vaccine mandate they intend to enforce, barring, you know, depending on the outcome of the case, of the court cases. But let's say they, they intend to enforce it and fine you if you don't enforce it. Now you've got the state of Kansas with a new law that Kansas has said they plan to enforce, that will fine you if you do enforce it, aren't we essentially forcing businesses to effectively choose their poison, choose which law they intend to comply with and which they don't? 
Yes, we are. And absolutely. And <clears throat> for federal contractors, the I mean, we'll see what the court case is. It seems how about somewhat clear? Everything's a little murky that, yeah, federal government could probably impose that. Uh, and I've talked to many of our members, small and large, who have federal contracts, that it doesn't matter, and they're subcontractors. It doesn't matter what state or local government's doing. Their, their primary contractors are requiring it. And so it's a business decision. So if they're not doing what their primary contractor is doing, then they lose the business, which is a choice. Or and then how many people lose their jobs over that? And yeah, so it's it is a competing both liberty interest, personal, uh, and the business owners, plus state versus federal rights. So we've been fighting this over for two hundred fighting, debating it for two hundred forty years. Whether it's the Tenth Amendment and what states can and cannot do, Commerce Clause, etc. Right. But it, yeah, that's that that was one of our oppositions to the to the law of the legislature passed. It is. It's inconsistent with current EEOC laws, et cetera, about, uh, about having an exemption for or an accommodation for religious purposes, et cetera, because those things are already in place. And so I, yeah, are, is it going to be enforced? Are there enough, enough folks to enforce it? But if you're an employer, what, you know, how, who are you going to choose? Right, it's pick your uh, poison. or federal. For sure. Yeah. And it's – so why would the legislature put Kansas businesses in that position? But they did. We're, and it's, it's a problem. We're talking with Kansas Chamber President Alan Cobb. Um, I know one of the areas of concern the chamber also had was the unemployment provisions in the bill. We had Speaker of the House Ron Reichman on last hour. He seems pretty confident that what they did won't affect the unemployment trust fund uh, some have claimed the bill could cost the state billions of dollars in unemployment claims, draining the unemployment fund by summer. Do you think there's a, a real estimate of the potential cost of the bill? I mean, do you think that's a possibility? That that estimate was based on the original language, which did get get changed. But some of the unemployment eligibility uh, ch- changes we we still didn't oppose, and it's also. There's a principal element and then a slippery slope element that Kansas has worked hard and, and Republican legislators and some Democrats worked very hard to right size the unemployment compensation system in Kansas, including eligibility. So this opens the door for a different part of eligibility. And, and obviously, there's no way we could support it. So what else is going to come up next year or the following year? And yes, oh, well, this is only covid well, it's obviously not COVID because you've already had, again, uh, a bill pre-filed about vaccines that are beyond COVID. Right. And so what other issues are non-vaccine related that some folks are going to come up with? So uh, I, I think I think the concern is is rational and reasonable. I don't necessarily completely disagree with the, with the speaker, but we, that was not our ideal was not to have that to change some of the unemployment eligibility. And there's a there's a there's a whole process in order to get to get that uh, unemployment eligibility. But it's uh, hey, so Republicans, including the chamber and some Democrats, talked for a long time about well, why are we going to pay people not to work uh, with the uh, unextended unemployment? Well, here we are. I'd say that's inconsistent. At best, I'm being charitable to say it's inconsistent. It it is interesting to see the uh, I won't call it 
we'll just say it's interesting to see how this is playing out with some people who were arguing one way and now on the situation has changed and they they're arguing in a completely different direction. Um, of course, that's yeah, yeah, politics. It is right. And it makes for strange bedfellows for sure. Alan, I appreciate you coming on tonight and the work that you guys do on behalf of Kansas businesses. It's the one thing uh, that set, set aside politics. We absolutely have to have a strong business community and a business climate, a business friendly climate in Kansas. Cause if we don't, um, you know, that's, that's the rock, the, the foundation. I, the last time I saw it was like 60% of Kansas are employed by small businesses in this state. And, and if we don't keep protecting our business community and our, and our small businesses in the state, it, it's really going to be the end of our, of our prosperity here. So if folks are interested, if they want to follow you guys, it's kansaschamber.org, correct? It is. And I, I got to throw one more thing, but this is some of the rhetoric that we're being challenged with where there's a member of the Senate who's on the floor saying business rights are pretend no. they don't really exist. Capitalism is regulated out of necessity, and we've been regulating businesses forever. If if I would have given you those quotes a year ago, who says that? Well, I would have thought that Certainly, was Joe Biden or Laura Kelly. Right. Right. Yeah. So this is some of the challenges we have. And but I appreciate you having me on the show, and, I, and congratulations on, I don't know, is this four years, three years? We are. Yes. John? Thank you. Thank you for note, remembering. We are just uh, this last week, actually, we – Pass. We're going on four years now. So, and you've been with us the entire time. I appreciate that, brother. I've been on a couple times. Yeah, I'm happy to come on anytime. I'm I'm glad people are listening, and I certainly listen or I listen to the the podcast or the the podcast uh, replay of it. So, I appreciate everything you do. Well, I likewise have a merry Christmas. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving, my friend. All right, thanks. Thanks, Sean. Take care. We'll take a quick break. And with the limited time we have left, we want to hear from you. Our phone lines are open 316-869-1330. Give us a call. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this. Odyssey is looking for an experienced digital and radio account executive to join our team. Odyssey seeks an experienced, self-motivated sales professional to develop and sell advertising and marketing campaigns to new and existing clients with an emphasis on new business development and digital sales. The account executive will use a wide variety of Odyssey's products in their portfolio to solicit businesses for advertising in their on-air, non-traditional, and digital platforms. If you are interested in a career in radio, submit your resume to odysseyinc.com careers. We are an equal opportunity and affirmative action employer. Sound is a wave, a vibration that travels through the air, expanding invisibly, moving through space and time. And in our time, there's a name for the audio that moves you. Odyssey. Broadcasts, podcasts, information, entertainment, all at your fingertips. It is a magnificent thing. Download the Odyssey app today, 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Kevin Harlan here from Westwood One with a preview of Monday Night Football with the Washington football team hosting Seattle. Washington has won two consecutive games, including an impressive win at the Panthers last week. Seattle looking to get back in the win column after back-to-back losses following Russell Wilson's return from finger surgery. Join Hall of Fame quarterback Kurt Warner and me for all the action on Monday Night Football. 7 o'clock Monday night on KNSS. 
The Dana Show. Marxists say you can't ever escape the status into which you are born unless Uncle Sam lifts you out of it. Marxists tell you that Uncle Sam has more power than you. You have more power than Uncle Sam. And all the successful people, like Winston Sears, know this. And that's why they can't acknowledge her a second way. Because acknowledging her is a recognition of that complete, complete defiance of their narrative. Dana Lash, weekdays from 11 until 2 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Want to remind you to stay informed with up-to-the-minute news while working from home, putting up the Christmas tree, whatever. Just download the Odyssey app or tell Alexa or Google Home to play KNSS Radio. And, of course, make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. You know, you guys will remember that last month we emphasized quite a bit the school board elections. Uh, Dave, I don't know, you know, we we talk about school board elections that we had did multiple shows right. with the Wichita school board candidates. Mm-hmm. Um and we were really successful. I mean, we got 3 out of the 4 uh, elected. It was a great success. There's a reason, folks, we emphasize school board elections. Okay. Community members and activists expressed anger and concern recently to a Minnesota school board that reportedly has been using a sex ed program that asks straight students in middle school to role play gay and transgender relationships. What? I'm just reading this story for this is out of the news. Speakers at the school board meeting alleged parents were not told about the graphic nature of the sex ed curriculum. Those speakers will no doubt soon be on the FBI's most wanted list, I'm sure. <laughs> Build on its website as, quote, honest, inclusive. There's that word, inclusive. Right. Inclusive rainbows and, and, and you know, unicorns. and honest, Did you say honest, inclusive? Uh, honest, inclusive okay. sex education for all students, unquote. The program teaches about gay sex, gender ideology, abortion, racial justice, and more, and utilizes visu- visuals... I have no idea no. what their visuals for gay sex is. I don't, don't even oh, want to know. No. And role-playing activities. Role-playing oh. activities. The lessons include asking students to role-play various relationship scenarios, including straight students pretending they are in gay or lesbian relationships, and to work through whether the, hypo- the hypothetical couple should have gay sex. In one of the sessions, a student asked to pretend to be male named Morgan who is very active in the school's LGBT club, while another student is asked to be Terrence, a student who wants to have sex with Morgan and is not publicly out as gay yet. I'm reading this straight out of the news story, but I'm not making this up. Morgan then outlines a plan for the two students to secretly meet, according to the curriculum, then they make a decision about whether or not to have gay sex. Curriculum on anal sex designed for students in kindergarten through fifth grade, is included as well. What happened to reading, writing, and arithmetic, John? Uh, I have no idea, folks. This is why school board elections are so important. And make sure we get out and vote. 
We're off next week so they can bring you the live coverage of the Chiefs Broncos, but we'll be back in December. In the meantime, carry on, fellow Neanderthals. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 